I'm your host, Riem Zinlabidin, and you are listening to Tech Tag Podcast. Today, our guest is Justin Keza. He works at JetBrains as a software engineer and also as a customer success engineer. Justin is a speaker at different Scala events. Let's meet him and learn more about his journey. Hello, Justin. Welcome to Tech Tag. Hello, Ian. To know you more, tell us some fun facts about yourself. Some fun facts. Let me see. So I have four first names that come from different languages. <laughs> What are the names? My first names are Justin, Darius, Sandro, Clark. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and besides tech stuff, I like to spend my time reading medical papers and playing games. Cool. So how uh, did you get into programming? So it's complicated. Um, I was exposed to computer and tech from a young age since my father was also a programmer and engineer. And I did play around with it a little when I was school aged, but I actually never really got into it until I was at university studying computer science. How, how did I end up studying computer science was it was after school, after my regular school ended and I was a bit orientationless. And then a friend one day called me and said, hey, Justin, let's study computer science. And I said, okay. But then it turned out I actually enjoyed it quite a bit and was not too bad at it. So you liked it uh, along the way when you, after you chose it as a major and you study it. Yeah, I actually enjoyed a lot of it. Maybe not all of it because I always had a bit trouble with certain types of math like calculus mm -hmm. and I actually failed my computer science study because of calculus and I had to sort of start over again with a related subject and I finished it. So you chose computer science and then you change it to another uh, specialty or? Well, it's complicated again. Um, yeah, I failed computer science just because of math, not because of most of the subjects, but they kicked me out. So I started in bioinformatics, but I didn't like that quite as much. But then due to a quirk in the system, I got to start with computer science again, mm. but I had to start over with some of the courses. So it took a bit longer than it usually does. That's nice. At the end, you continued doing uh, what you liked. And uh, um, during your studies, did you uh, have some uh, internships? Yeah, I, I did a internship at Siemens, for instance. And later during the studies, I started working as a working student at some companies, usually smaller ones, local startups. Mm -hmm. And eventually, well, I started with a master's in computer science while also being a working student intern, basically at a startup. And I liked it so much there that I just stopped with a master's and started working there full time. And uh, what was 
exactly what you were doing, which part of the system you were working on? Uh, it depends on the company. So sometimes it was a little more front-end oriented JavaScript stuff, mm -hmm. others back-end Java or also desktop software in some cases, sometimes with databases. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a mixture of all the usual things you do in programming, I'd say. I see. And uh, do you remember some challenges that you have faced when you started working in as a working student or in your internships? What were the obstacles or the challenges that you have faced? Well, for some reason, the first thing that comes to mind is one time when my boss wanted me to change some stupid button on the website and somehow it took me a whole day to change the button because it was always so hard to arrange the pixel so that it worked. I was really mad about that. And uh, did you find it easy to start working uh, in within a team and in different teams and working environment? Well, it depends a lot on the company, the team, the culture. So I, I found that some companies are way better suited for me than others. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and some that I were, there was a lot of micromanaging by the company owners, for instance. And in other cases, I had more of a free hand at what I found useful to do. And I find that usually suits me much better. Nice. And uh, how was uh, your first job? Let's say the title job? It was just software developer. I mean, I don't think the title says that much. Develop software one way or another. What was exactly? Like at that point, I was doing mostly backend and algorithms type things. Mm -hmm. That that was a interesting startup at the time. We were sort of trying to build a knowledge network by parsing news stories. So finding connections between things that happen and yeah, inferring somehow that uh, certain events influence certain entities in the world. In the end, it didn't work out that well, but it was a really fun experience and I made good connections like to somebody at JetBrains, my current company. It was a funny story. I was actually looking for a CI tool, so a continuous integration tool that would handle our uh, structure. Like we were a relatively small team, but with like dozens of individual small projects mm -hmm. that had to work together, be built, built together. And tools like Jenkins at the time wouldn't really cut it. And I found uh, that JetBrains offered a good tool, namely TeamCity, that worked well for us mm -hmm. and got in touch with uh, one of the developers. And we found that we actually work on the same street, literally. <laughs> so we met up and got into talking. And eventually, uh, once the startup had gone uh, heads up, I could heads down, belly up. And I was already working somewhere else that I didn't enjoy quite as much. I got in touch with her again and uh, actually found yeah, that there was an open position that would suit me. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm very happy about that. Ah, cool. So your uh, current job was uh, the third company that you have worked on, right? Well, the third company I've worked uh, full time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I guess you, you have more obstacles that you have faced in your second job. I interpreted this from what you said earlier. Uh, you mean how I didn't like it as much? Yeah. But I wouldn't say challenges as such. I just found the structure not well suited to me. So it was uh, like uh, quite hierarchical uh -huh. uh, and a lot of management overhead. So like just basically half the team is some sort of management. Yeah. Uh, so, so I didn't feel like I had a lot of agency there. I see. And uh, for example, if in this kind of hierarchy, it doesn't mean, for example, if you work on features, etc., you are not visible or, for example, you have an idea about a new feature or about a change in a design or something, you cannot do it right away. You have to go through different people. Was it like that? Um, the issue was more like that any agency was sort of abstracted away from me like prioritization of issues so like i could come up with my own technical solutions but i couldn't really decide what is important mm -hmm. or what is fun or anything i see uh, and also like the customer experience behind it was very much abstract to me so the, the most we got out of that were some dashboards of things that it's doing somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I didn't get much feedback on how the thing I'm doing is actually being used in the end. It was some kind of backend system. Uh, I see what you mean. In general, when we uh, work on a specific project, it is interesting if we will be able to see how it impacts user or maybe if we experience it as users to see uh, the impact of our work. Exactly. So my current work is a lot better in that way. Mm -hmm. because, well, for one, uh, I develop software for software developers. So I get my own immediate feedback on how it works because I can basically use it the next day once I get the code to build. And I also am in much more direct touch with customers, so users outside of the company oh. and can get feedback from them. And that also kind of relates to my more recent, I wouldn't say change, but slight shift in work focus to customer success engineering, where I yeah, basically talk directly to important customers to figure out uh, how they use our software and how things could be improved there. Cool. And uh, in customer success engineering, is this from where to start creating features or improvements to the team because of the customer's requirements? Not exactly. So it's the idea is not to specify features and priorities, but uh, to learn about them, I'd say. So obviously we have many important customers mm -hmm. and so almost everybody is our customer through the software in some way or another. So we still have uh, limited resources in terms of what and how much we can work on. 
and but we we need to have a good idea of what kind of things are actually priorities for people for people that use our software so that's the main point to figure out what people's priorities are what kind of tech stack they use i see and uh, are you still uh, contributing on the product after you uh, got the the promotion to be customer success engineer yeah i, I still am so I, i'm not in that new role full time mm, cool Do you have some learning experience, like in general, from your different jobs, etc., like these kind of things that uh, helps you to grow in your career? Mm. Make connections to people. Can you clarify it? <laughs> so, of course, it's very important to make software that works. If you're a programmer, mm -hmm. uh, but it's also very important to understand what the people using the software actually need. Mm, I see. So in that sense, uh, it matters that you make connections, partially also on a personal level to just understand your users better. That's right. Sometimes when we try to make software we think more about the revenue how we can get more money out of it maybe <laughs> and if we think to improve them uh, based on our understanding on the customers yeah, like this is a uh, the same as building connection to customers to gain understanding and empathy mm -hmm. in a technical yeah yeah like that And, and yeah, uh, metrics can also be an important tool, of course. Mm -hmm. don't, they replace the actual understanding because uh, maybe you know about, I think it was Goodhart's Law. Uh, basically, when you use metric to base your evaluation of performance, then that metric ceases to be a good metric and becomes the new goal so even if the metric is a good metric initially because it correlates with like what you need what you want whether that's uh income or success or happiness with a product mm -hmm. it's a like one-dimensional metric then and you optimize for that you will probably miss the actual goal the terminal goal that you're going for. Mm. If you use metrics as a goal, you always have to be uh, careful about this. Interesting point. And uh, who actually in the company would specify the, like these metrics aren't uh, the product managers or is it also um, one of the uh, role of customer success engineer? No, we don't specify any metrics as such. Um, so we, in, in JetBrains at least, we use metrics in the background. So we look at how users use the software in so far that's possible if they share their data, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes decisions can be based upon that, but it's not a basis for evaluation, for instance. Mm, I see. You gave some talks in uh, Scala events. Uh, since when? 
it was actually i started with that in 2017 i think i was quite active in 2018-2019 as a speaker at various events and obviously the pandemic sort of put a halt to that yeah i did give a few talks at online events but i found that i don't much enjoy that because there's just very little feedback usually that's true and uh, when you started in uh, 2017 were you uh, working at JetBrains already yeah I mean, before that, I was also sort of active in local communities, occasionally giving a talk or doing a workshop, mm -hmm. but I wasn't uh, traveling much to conferences. I see. And uh, you made uh, a meetup in uh, Germany, in München. In München. Yeah. Uh, I think organizing a meetup isn't easy <laughs> because, um, like, first you need a platform where you would share the events and also to promote the meetup. How did you do it? How did you start it? Um, it wasn't hard, I'd say. Like the meetup platform, meetup.com, is pretty good at uh, finding a bunch of people interested in your topic. Mm -hmm. And then with JetBrains, it was very easy to organize some space for running the meetup. And then the, the major challenge is just uh, finding somebody who wants to give some life, some content to the meetup in the form of a talk or a workshop, for instance. Mm -hmm. And yeah, after, after I'd done that several times, I sort of had a routine down. So it was very straightforward to run it. Nice. And uh, when you gave talks, was it related to your daily job or it's mixed? Sometimes also uh, you presented some side projects. I did in one case present some side project, but usually it was related to my work, uh, either directly about the work or tangentially related. Yeah. So very often it was about my work on the build server protocol, which is a protocol to help integrate IDEs with build tools. And uh, I guess that in conferences, when you present these topics, you will see uh, and meet uh, in person the users and uh, they will tell you about their feedback. And Yeah, I, I always find that very inspiring to just talk to people directly and just about their experiences. Cool. Did it happen that people tell you about bugs during uh, the event? Oh yeah, sure it happens. But for most, I have to kind of ask them, hey, isn't there some problem you have with our tools? <laughs> Something that you'd like fixed or, or added? Yeah. But yeah, most, most are actually pretty happy with, the, with how it, the tools are. Nice. And there are uh, some open source projects, right? Uh, in uh, IntelliJ Scala, for example. Yeah, the Scala plugin for IntelliJ, mm -hmm. which I work on, is, is most of it's open source. You can find it on GitHub. I've also worked on a bunch of other projects that are basically open source, such as, you know, such as everything around the build server protocol. Mm -hmm. I remember once I um, I was working using uh, IntelliJ IDEA 
uh, and I saw a link and when I clicked at it, it was wrong. And then I was excited to look for the Scala plugin and uh, fix the link <laughs> and open the PR. And then when uh, a new version was released, I saw my name. I was very proud and it was only, <laughs> I changed the link, uh, like just copy paste the link and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I made sure that everybody got mentioned who had some contribution. <laughs> I like when uh, people encourage others, even the users, to contribute because it makes them feel that it is also their product. Or I, I don't know how to explain it, but when they use it, they understand how this can be improved or if they want to add a new plugin, they will add more value to the product. At the same time, they enjoy doing it. And this is nice. Yeah, and they will add something that's important to them. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's good to have uh, some uh, open source tools in the community, and it's also uh, make us know more the the people who are uh, implementing them, so we can interact with them and ask them questions directly. Yeah, I totally agree. Some of the plugin developers are very often in touch with us. I think that's great. Yeah, that's nice. And also, uh, your team is helping to organize conferences, right? Or sponsor, I think, sponsor or organize? Yeah, we've, we've sponsored mm. some conferences. That's nice. It's also encouraged people to find a job uh, in uh, an interesting company that every day they are using their tool. And you are, when uh, in your daily job, you are using also the IDE. Yeah, of course. I think it's cool experience to, to see. Uh, yeah, to really understand the customer's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my own worst customer sometimes. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, when I, when I talk to most customers, users, they, they say something like, oh, everything is great. I have no complaints, but I, I tend to see all the problems, the things that I could fix if I had like the time and energy to work on them all. But then I just prioritize differently to, and just kind of live with all these little quirks that could be much better in my opinion. Uh, what are your current challenges or everything is fine? <laughs> yeah, this is fine, said the dog for the fire. <laughs> Uh, so there, there's like features I want to work on, like uh, support for the Windows subsystem for Linux. There's probably a million small little bugs and issues. So my priority is usually around BSP, the build server protocol support. But there's still issues open in SBT that I never got around to. And yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of time for that anymore since I'm now also working on the customer success engineering. I'm very lucky that I often have uh, very motivated interns who work on very interesting problems sometimes. Like I have one who's been working on making a standalone BSP plugin for IntelliJ so that we can expand the build server protocol support to more build tools outside of Scala, mm -hmm. outside of the Scala ecosystem. 
such as basil, and also in the same go try to solve the problems we have with shared source directories in IntelliJ. So as you may know, in Scala, especially, we often have the problem that we want to cross compile code to multiple Scala versions, possible multiple platforms like JavaScript, JVM, but with subtle differences for each version. Mm -hmm. And in build tools, we can model this easily by sharing the shared code between different targets or modules or sub-projects in SPT parlance. Uh, but IntelliJ has a, a project model that has one-to-one -one mapping between sources uh, and modules. So now we're trying to find uh, workarounds for that since this is a very much long-standing problem. Yeah. Now, in general, your studies and your work were in Germany. Yeah. I've studied and worked mostly in, in the around mm -hmm. Munich. So I never had to go very far. And also, uh, during your work, you are using German or English? Mostly English. Um, there's very few Germans in the company. And actually, uh, last year I started learning Russian since the majority of the company is actually Russian speaking. That's cool. And uh, you practice English since long time? I, I was born with English, basically. Uh, it's my mother tongue, you could say, since my mother is from America. So I grew up bilingually with both English and German. Oh, cool. Nice. Do you have uh, an advice you would like to share for uh, the audience? There is no substitute for common sense. So metrics are great. Studies are great. Um, listening to experts is great but uh, in the end you have to integrate knowledge on your own and just take all of these points as input rather than as your final position does it mean uh, we shouldn't take the information as it is yeah you'll always need to exercise some good judgment in my mm. opinion you can't just follow a ready-made position necessarily yeah thanks a lot justin for your time and uh, it was nice to talk to you yeah it was nice to talk to you too my friends i hope that you enjoyed today's episode with justin I personally learned it from his perspective, especially about how much it is important to have understanding towards customers. And it's inspiring to work in a company where you can see the impact of your work in the outside world. I'm looking forward to our next episode with a new guest and new inspiring story. Until then, stay safe and stay tuned to our next episode. Tic Tac, tackle the inspiration.